This is a podcast by The Business Times. A warm welcome to podcast by The Business Times. Hello, I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, rising healthcare costs are straining healthcare systems globally and are enhancing the demand for sustainable healthcare solutions and products. And though much progress has been made in the E of ESG, investing or environmental, social and governance investing, the social aspect or S has taken a back seat. Not anymore. We're speaking to Nathalie Fleury and Michael Schroeter, co-heads of sustainable healthcare equity at HSBC Asset Management, champions of sustainable healthcare investing. This episode is brought to you by HSBC. Welcome back to the show, Natalie and Michael. Hello, Howie. Very glad to be on the show today. Good to be back, Howie. So last we spoke, though, you opened our eyes to why we need to do something now. But we also didn't get enough details on how investors can be assured that their money is doing the good they need it to do. Are there markers, though, to tell them that these healthcare innovators are the real deal? Thank you, Howie, for this question. Yes, rising healthcare costs are jeopardizing sustainability of healthcare. And as a consequence of that, for patients are increasingly denied access to therapies which are deemed too costly by payers. So the ultimate marker of success that the strategy is working is for patients to have full or quasi-full access to products or services a company is offering. In turn, that is also reflected in the sales. We do track the performance of companies along these metrics. So we also engage with management through the investment process on the on these topics and encourage companies to take a strategic view on sustainability as ultimately these benefits patients, society at large, as well as the companies. Furthermore, Michael is a member of the Biopharma Sustainability Roundtable representing HSBC, where exactly these topics are discussed by the large pharma companies. Okay, let's talk about then other emerging diagnostic investment themes, why it's exciting and worth looking into. But bear in mind, though, some of us failed science back in school, but we've always known prevention is better than cure. If you can find the sickness early, better than trying to cure it, right? Absolutely. Treatments are becoming more and more personalized, meaning that new therapies are being developed in such a way that they are highly effective in patients with very specific molecular or genetic characteristics. Physicians need diagnostic tools to identify uh, such patients who benefit from uh, these therapies. Since science is inevitably leading us down this path of personalized medicine, the need for very specific diagnostic tools increases as well. At the same time, scientific progress has also enabled a plethora of uh, new diagnostic tools and technologies, rendering diagnosis more precise, faster, and more convenient for patients. Let's take, for example, the diagnosis of colorectal cancer. Traditionally, diagnosis is done by colonoscopy, not the preferred procedure for, uh, for everybody, which has opened the market for stool-based diagnosis. Today, we are at the brink of yet the next revolution where a simple draw of blood could soon be used to diagnose colorectal cancer as well as other types of cancers. This is just one example, but with innovative therapies increasing, going down the path of personalized medicine, this has to go hand in hand with diagnostic tools, and that becomes an interesting investment opportunity. 
Let's talk about telehealth as well. I understand the future is there. I mean, I have been to the doctor, so to speak, whilst in the comfort of my living room. And given what the world's been going through for the last few years in the pandemic, I understand too that many people are sort of afraid to go to the doctor during this time. What's emerging from this sector and what's worth investing in and why? Yes, absolutely. So in 2020, you're right, with the pandemic rising for investors, the pure telemedicine companies were a very interesting play. But with the pandemic continuing, most of the large healthcare providers, at least in the US, have themselves integrated telemedicine support into their own businesses, leaving the future growth of the aforementioned telemedicine companies subdued. So we see more value today in digital health companies that offer, for example, so-called digital therapies. For example, by integrating wearables with specific behavioral apps, companies achieve impressive clinical benefits for patients with diabetes or suffering from addictions. So this is basically where we see the trend going now at the moment. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Back to our conversation with Natalie Fleury and Michael Schritter, co-heads of Sustainable Healthcare Equity at HSBC Asset Management, about the pros and cons of sustainable healthcare investment. This episode is brought to you by HSBC. You know, actually, we need more help with figuring out the term, what makes health economic sense? Therein lies the key to this new approach, right? I mean, at the end of the day, investors, though, woke and socially conscious would still like to make some money, even if it's not their primary focus. Absolutely right, Howie. Health economics in the end is translating, so to speak, a clinical benefit into an economic value, which then allows a payer, be that a government or insurance company, to take reimbursement decisions. Part of the health economic assessment looks at the costs that can be avoided with a new treatment particularly cost avoidance or substitution of costs, offer great opportunity for companies to bring to market even high-priced therapies, but which help reduce overall healthcare costs. This can, for example, be achieved with a new drug which reduces the number of days a patient spends in intensive care. If you consider that one day of intensive care costs a payer in the U.S. up to $10,000 per day, Shaving off two, three days of stay in intensive care represents a significant cost saving. Looking at health economics does not necessarily mean driving down prices and profitability of a new therapy, but it helps to assess the overall cost of a treatment. And as long as the overall costs are neutral or beneficial for a payer, a win-win situation for payer, patients and industry is achieved. Let me perhaps explain this also along an analogy to electric cars. When electric cars first appeared, they were looked at as uh, luxury vehicles due to their high purchase price. But when you calculate the total cost of ownership over a five-year period and take into account, in addition to the purchase price, the cost of fuel, cost of servicing, taxes, tax incentives, etc., all of a sudden that luxury vehicle compares cost-wise to a mid-range sedan. So same holds true in healthcare. An expensive treatment does not necessarily mean not affordable. What matters is the overall cost to treat a patient. 
And like in the car industry, successful healthcare companies are able to cater to this payer need to stay within an overall budget. And for investors, how many regret not having invested in electric car companies earlier? And so what might that sustainable healthcare portfolio look like, though? I'm sure we'll still have to stick to the fundamentals of it being diversified, maybe. Yes, exactly, Howie. So our portfolio and strategy is diversified over five main sub-segments of healthcare, such as the therapeutic innovators or the biotech companies, medical technology companies, diagnostics, digital health and service companies. It's always with the focus of innovation, coupled with the fact that from a health economic point of view, these companies can show their solution, their healthcare solution can reduce total healthcare costs. So the portfolio invests around 50% of of its assets in mid-cap companies and the other 50% in larger caps that are EBITDA positive with a large focus towards the U.S., Also, what can investors expect from this new approach? Talk us through the pros and cons of this kind of investing. It sounds like you're trying to hammer through quite an ingrained mindset. So to reflect this paradigm shift taking place in the healthcare industry, meaning from a status where access to medication for everybody was normal in the developed world to a new situation including access barriers for medicine with restricted reimbursements, price cuts, we propose to build a new HSBC sustainable healthcare strategy with a socio-economic impact without sacrificing returns and performance. So as a co-management team, we will continue and carry on our analysis and work. We started uh, together actually in 2018. Use Uh, HSBC in-house research, use also third-party or key opinion leader research, and continue to have very regular management interactions, as well as build um, build a thought leader advisory board. In conclusion, we aim to construct a strategy enabling clients to invest in innovative, sustainable, growth oriented and socio-economically mindful healthcare companies, and this across the world. How can an investor go about doing due diligence, especially if they are unfamiliar with medical terms and science and medicine in general? So it's also how necessary is it that an investor have that kind of knowledge? Because chances are high that investors won't have that kind of knowledge, right? Yes, good point. And I think that's the reason why, as an investor, if investing into healthcare, you want to invest into a fund, I mean, managed by specialists who have that area expertise and the medical expertise to make judgments. Furthermore, I mean, because it is also a sector which is innovation-driven, which bears certain risks, you want to have a certain diversification, which again, I mean, uh, by investing into a fund, you actually invest in a diversified portfolio of companies, diversified by stage, by, uh, of maturity, by technology, by geography, and so on and so forth. I think as investor, going into a fund actually takes that headache away for you of having to have that uh, domain knowledge. Thanks, Michael, for the great advice. Thank you, Natalie, as well, for spending time with us today. Thank you, Howie. Thank you very much, Howie. We've been discussing a much overlooked sector in sustainable investing, healthcare, with Natalie Fleury and Michael Schroeter. 
co-heads of sustainable healthcare equity at HSBC Asset Management. And that's a wrap for this podcast by The Business Times. This episode was brought to you by HSBC. Listen to our previous episode with Natalie and Michael from January the 17th, where they told us what this sector entails and why it needs to be part of your portfolio. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.